بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وزرياته وأهل بيته بارك سلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور مهدثاتها وكل محدثة بدع وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار My dear respected brothers, sisters, elders We continue with our series of khutab on the leadership lessons from the life of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم the purpose of the Jum'ah is to help us to look at ourselves and see how we can become more obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because only in that lies our success in this world and the next. As the ayat which you just heard, which I recited and which is part of all the khutbahs in Jum'ah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqati وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَانْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ In Surah Al-Imran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O you who believe, have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be concerned about the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be concerned about the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make that your primary concern in all that you say and all that you do. That is the meaning of taqwa. And we do that because we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than we love anyone and anything else. So Allah says, O you who believe, have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu as it is his right that you should have this taqwa. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Meaning as Muslims who are in complete submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah grant us this inshaAllah. I remind myself and you that the world that we live in today and even more, the one in the future as we can envisage it, is a world of high complexity. Where information is ever easier to access, power is concentrated in the hands of an elite. The balance of factors that dictate the very survival of our planet is in great danger of being upset, perhaps irretrievably. The society we live in is one that is stratified on law, on lines of economic, racial, national, religious and power divisions. And this divide is growing. Materially, in terms of gadgets, tools, resources and money, 
we probably have more than we ever had before. What we do not have are criteria for decision making that are based on ethical and moral values. Criteria that are inclusive and consider those who have little and that little is in danger of being eliminated. Criteria that place the greater importance on integrity than on accumulating material wealth. Criteria that focus on the long-term impact of short-term strategies. Criteria where we hold ourselves accountable for our actions even if nobody else does because we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Criteria where we stand by our word, live by our creed and act according to our values concerned about leaving a legacy of honor for those who will come after us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that success is not a factor of our material wealth but obedience to him and following the sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the other ayat which you also heard just now, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha wa qulu qawlan sadeedah. Yuslih lakum amalakum wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum. Wa man yuti'illaha wa rasoolahu faqad faaza fawzan azeem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O oh, you who believe, have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu and always speak the truth. And what will happen if you do that? He, Jalla Jalaluhu, will direct you to do righteous deeds and will forgive your sins. And whosoever obeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, only that person has indeed achieved great and final success. My brothers and sisters, I remind myself and you that sins have an evil effect. The problem is that we don't see sins as a destructive force. When we consider the reasons for the rise and fall of empires and dynasties and civilizations and people, we don't look at the sins that they used to commit as the real reason or even one of the reasons. We consider financial factors, social, political, military and other factors. But we don't talk about or consider character and sins as a destructive force and as the reason why they declined. However, if you look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned as the reason for the destruction of civilizations, it is never anything other than sins and disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always take the qawm Fir'aun and Ad and Thamud and Asabu Madian and Qawm Tuba, take anyone. Why did they decline? Why were they destroyed? Because of sins, not because they are they didn't have money or military power or whatever. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this so clearly and we know this ayah. Allah will not change the good condition of a people until they change it themselves by disobeying Allah and by destroying their own character. Today we live in a society where evil is beautiful, where oppressors are role models, where corruption is an aspirational goal. And where people think that to commit a sin is not only acceptable, but it is a right in the name of freedom. The pomp and splendor of leaders and their entourages and security arrangements only hide their fear, which is on account of the evil inside them, where their hearts are clouded with sin. They feel the humiliation of sins because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed that the one who disobeys him will be humiliated. They try to hide it by their beautiful exterior, but they cannot hide it 
from themselves or from those who can see. How can such a society ever be happy? How is it possible? To give you perspective, we are enforcing vaccination and masks to prevent people from contracting COVID. But WHO, World Health Organization data tells us that worldwide, 3 million deaths happen every year from the use of alcohol. And that represents 5.3% of all deaths. What the WHO calls the harmful use of alcohol. I don't know what is the beneficial use of alcohol. Anyway, the harmful use of alcohol is the causal factors in more than 200 disease and injury conditions. Overall, 5.1% of the global burden of disease and injury is attributable to alcohol. And of course, as in the case of alcohol, tobacco is even worse. Marijuana for recreational use. The poor hippies got jailed for exactly that. Marijuana for recreational use, otherwise called a pot party, right? And interestingly, gaming, eh? not gambling, don't call it gambling anymore, gaming. All of these today are aspirational goals. And nobody talks about the broken bodies, the broken homes, the broken lives, the broken society. This name changing is another game of our time. We think that changing names changes the nature of the thing. And that is what Islam tells us not to do. What is evil is evil. Don't do it. Don't change its name and think it won't harm you. As a very good American friend of mine sent me this morning a message. He says, this is a tactic of shaitan to merge good with evil. And this is why, interestingly, in Pennsylvania, a portion of lottery ticket sales goes to fund schools. And if your primary residence is in Pennsylvania, you get a homestead property tax exemption that is funded by the money the state makes from casinos. Hmm? Now, there's a book. Now, interestingly, there's also a big push to make hallucinogenic. Good thing my tongue can't pronounce rubbish. Hallucinogenic mushrooms are projected as healthy. And they are changing this name to psychedelic therapy. Now that sounds nice, right? Psychedelic therapy. He says we had a commercial on Saturday mornings that would play between children's cartoons about how milk does a body good. Or would tell you about the food pyramid and show that we should eat a lot of grains. At the same time, they'd have commercials showing a fried egg and saying this is brain on drugs. And he says we have now shifted 180 degrees to where drugs are good and milk and grain are bad. Hmm? My brothers and sisters, the purpose of studying the seerah is not for the history lesson, but so that we can practice the sunnah of Rasulullah because that is the path to happiness in this world and the next. Believe me, until we make a connection with that, we will not change. One of our great scholars he used to say, and I'll say it in Urdu and then I'll translate it to you. He used to say, ke jab tak is baat ka yakin na ho jai, ke is namaz se tumhare duniyavi masail hal hote hain, jab tak tum namaz nahi padoge. He says, until you are convinced, until you convince yourself that this salah, solves your worldly problems. 
you will not pray. Now, why is he saying that? He is saying that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this. Ya ladin amanus ta'inu. With what? Bisabri was salah. Istiana where? In the grave? On the day of judgment? Here. Oh, you who believe, seek help from sabr and salah. Doing your best, maximum patience, forbearance, and standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking Him for His mercy and grace because we know that is where it comes from. For the dunya. Allah will also give us the akhirah, inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. But unless we see the applicability in our daily lives of this beautiful deen called Islam, we will not practice it as it should be practiced and therefore we will not benefit from it. I can go to a gym for one hundred for 365 days for the full year and I can get a ijazah from this gym. I can get a certificate from the gym to say that I attended this gym 365 days. And then you can look at my body and say, well, you know, where is that effect of this 365 days? All you have is a, is a certificate, right? Going to that gym is not the issue. The issue is what you do in that gym. So standing in salah is not the issue. The issue is how is that salah? What is the quality of this salah? Do I connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Or like a man said one day, he said to the sheikh, sheikh, you only prayed three rakat. In a four rakat salah. He said, how do you mean? He said, no, no, you prayed only three. He said, no, I prayed four. He said, no, you prayed only three. He said, how are you so sure? He said, because in, I have four shops in every raka, in every salah, I take the jaiza, I take the, uh, I, I think about each shop in one rakat, I, I reached only three. Fourth shop, still I couldn't think about it. This is our salah. Yeah, he used to take hisab of this, of the shops, so three, only three. So, Sheikh missed one salah, one rakat. Seriously, I'm telling you, my brother says, this is something which we need to surely work on. The reason I keep on talking about the seerah like a broken record is because the times and conditions of Rasulullah's time were very similar, if not exactly the same as ours. His way worked then, which is my contention that his way will work today. Provided we apply it like they applied it. الصحابة رضوان الله عليهم أجمعين نقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا كما أمر ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا يا أيها الذين آمنوا إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد. My brothers and sisters, الحمد لله. 
it was in that kind of society a society which was like ours where like we say today money talks and money talked then there were people who were billionaires even in our terms today and their arrogance was greater than the than their bank balance there was oppression was rife the only thing that counted it was a is a case of you got it then flaunt it that was a society and in that society was born muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam and that was a society that he grew up in and in which he preached his message a message that sought to create a revolutionary change aimed at ensuring justice for all irrespective of race or caste or gender or economic status a message of dignity for the individual respect for human rights and compassion for the weak freedom from slavery to men and bowing to the rule of the creator of men and the rules that it is based on are rules that ensure peace and harmony and safety because they are based on the one fundamental rule which is justice today we like to talk about peace but we forget that peace is not a cause peace is the effect of something else and that something else is justice there cannot be peace where there is injustice because there will always be people who will stand up against that injustice and fight against that injustice and that will they will be called the disturbers of peace those who are interested and talk about spreading peace must first be interested in bringing about justice and for that we need to look at ourselves and say what is the injustice that i am committing no matter what it is no matter how small it is the injustice that i am committing with my circle with my family with my colleagues with my friends in my society unless i am willing to address that injustice and it begins with me it begins with the individual not by pointing a finger at somebody else but looking at yourself then inshallah we have great hope that we can bring about change which will be the cause of beauty and harmony for all the world the leadership lessons from the life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam i have made a list of the, of whatever i could find in that and that is complete certainty in his mission and message no compromise with the obedience to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala putting himself on the line it begins with him it begins with me it begins with you resilience never giving up continuing to make the effort goal before personal likes and dislikes goal before personal preferences living the message not just talking about it risk taking with tawakkur on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sacrificing the short term for the long term magnanimity and forgiveness how difficult is this for us today this one thing we carry grudges i've said this a million times if you're carrying a grudge believe me it's like holding a a, a burning coal 
a burning piece of fire in your hand. It only burns you. Forgive. Just this morning, I got a message from one of my very good friends in Hyderabad saying that a common friend of ours called Tahir make dua for him, inshallah, may Allah grant him Jannatul Firdos. He just, to, to put it in one line, he got up and died. That's it. Nothing wrong with him. No, no illness, no disease, no COVID, no nothing. He literally got up and died. And in the, in the two, two years, if I think about from the time I came here 2019 to now, I heard at least four Muslims and another three non-Muslims who got up and died. No disease, no nothing. I remind myself, is this not going to happen to me? Then what happens? Then what is important? Whatever I am doing, I was reading something that Hassan Basir Ahmadullah mentioned among the qualities of the believer. And one of the things he says in that is, he does not engage in play and amusement. So my first thought was, oh man, I mean, this is like extreme. Huh? He does not engage in play or, he's not talking about haram. He's not talking about haram. He does not engage in play and amusement. Who's saying this? Hassan Basri Rahmatullah. One of the students of Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib One of those who is called the Sayyidu Tabi. One of the, the, the greatest leaders of the Tabi'un. And who is he saying it to? To the Tabi'un. He says the believer is one who does not engage in play and amusement. So my first thought was, what kind of stuff is this? This is like extreme stuff and no way we can do this. Right? You agree? Why is he saying that? He's saying that because that two hours that you are going to be sitting in front of the television watching some game. Believe me, I'm not saying it's haram. It's haram. The two hours you're going to be sitting in front of the television watching that game. And all the brain cells that are going to be filled up with scores and names and this and that. And who did what, 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 what. On the day of judgment, if you are lucky, it has zero value. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to, you know, catch it then it will be counted in the time of ghafla. The time when we had no remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you are saying that while watching the game, I am doing zikr, alhamdulillah, all power to you. I, I don't argue. But you decide. The question is not about enjoyment in this life. The question is to understand that to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest enjoyment. This is a big problem we have. We think that if I spend time in salah, how do I enjoy myself? If I only talk about recitation of Quran, how do I enjoy myself? What did Rasulullah what did he used to say to Sayyidina Bilal? Arehna. Give us relief. Give us relaxation. Take away the stress of life. Ya Bilal. 
By doing what? By calling the Adhan. To connect with your beloved. There is nothing more joyful than that. I don't use the word entertainment because it would be disrespectful. But there is nothing more joyful. When I was living here in the same place in 94, I mean 97, 25 years ago. Somebody asked me this question. They said, what was the entertainment of the Sahaba? What sports did they play? So I did a lot of research and I, I wanted to answer the questions. I said, let me find out what did they do. Guess what I found out? There's that one famous hadith which we all know. Of Rasulullah having a race with our mother Sayyida Aisha Siddiqa Radhelana. What else? Anything else they did was either it was something to do with uh, you know learning the skills of battle and so on and so forth, which was not within quotes entertainment. So what what are we saying? Are we saying that this dull, miserable lives which are you know sorry we can't follow that? Are we saying that? Did they enjoy themselves? I cannot imagine a group of people who enjoyed themselves and who, who made the most of their lives other than the Sahaba of Rasulullah Nobody else. Wallahi. Because they had this connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla. They of course had the advantage of Rasulullah himself being before them. I don't discount that. Looking at the face of Mr. Salam itself, may Allah grant us this. We don't have that, but we have his sunnah, alhamdulillah. And may Allah grant us this as well. That we are able to see his face before we die. Sallallahu alayhi wa But they were connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was the, the greatest enjoyment for them. In everything they did. The connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what we need to work on. Allah did not send us into this world to, to spend our time on this and that and all kinds of stuff. By all means, do that. Support your families. Earn some money and whatnot. But remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Razakhudul Khuwatil Mateen. He is the one who will feed. Let us spend our time as much as possible in knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you cannot love the one you don't know. In learning about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in spending time in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jala jala to make this easy for all of us. I ask Allah subhanahu wa to fill your hearts with his nur. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you all that you ask with khair and afia and to add to that from his generosity and grace. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cover all your faults because he is a sattarul uyub. He is Al-Ghaffarul Dhunub. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive all your faults. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take you in a state, to keep you in a state of obedience and to take you in a state of obedience and to resurrect you in a state of obedience. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with you and never to be displeased. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfir lana wa tarhamna lana kunana min al-khasirin. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir lana sayyatina wa tawafana ma'al abrar. Ya hayu ya khayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. Aslih lana sha'anana kulla la ilaha illa ant. Amin ya rabbal alameen. يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدو يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم السلام